It's silly season, so we turn that into the Friday free-for-all. That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. Welcome into the Friday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schuber back with you here once again on the show. Hope everybody's having a great start to their Friday, a Friday free-for-all silly season edition. We are inside of a week until the 2023 NFL Draft begins, and the silliness has come out in full force. There is news, there's rumors, there's noise, there's smoke screens. It is all over the place in the lead-up to the start of the 2023 NFL Draft. So we are turning the show over to you. I have passed the proverbial producer's mic. I've slid it over to you guys, and the YouTube chat has loaded us, loaded us, loaded us up with some topics to talk about here uh, on the show today so appreciate that so you guys are going to drive the show and we are going to have a fun time here as we are yes just less than a week away uh, from the NFL draft should be a lot of fun next week looking forward to it I'm ready for it to be here Uh, we've done all the prep work we've done all the talking we've done all the scouting I just want to see some cars get turned in with some names on it and then we can react to those players actually being on teams um, and not just um, pontificating on where uh, these guys um, can go. So we will start with, and again, it is a Friday free-for-all, so we are going to bounce all over the place here. Uh, but one of the things that I saw that was very, very uh, popular in the chat, we saw a co- I saw a couple of, of takes about it. Raul asked, so is Stroud going to be the fourth QB off the board now? Uh, and then a little bit later on, the sports nut asked, how far does CJ Stroud fall? These S2 leaks today, wow. And so I want to take both of those uh, topics, kind of combine them together and discuss uh, what is probably going to be the top story today, at least in the NFL draft circles. And that is uh, the S2 scores that were leaked that show that CJ Stroud scored the worst out of the quarterback uh, group uh, at 18%. This is coming from, I believe it was Bob McGinn who first published these numbers uh, in a story on his uh, Substack, and I want to make something very, very clear uh, right now. I don't discount the reporting that Bob McGinn is doing, but there is a lot of information that points me in the other direction to this not being true, uh, specifically the case of uh, PFF having the founder of the S2 test on their podcast, and the question and response, which you can go find on the internet, it, the transcribe is all over social media, it's all over Reddit, where he was asked about the top four quarterbacks in this class and how they scored. And those quarterbacks were, were named by name, and that included C.J. Stroud. Uh, and the the founder of this test said that they all scored very well. And so unless he's just absolutely lying there in that moment to cover for C.J. Stroud, this feels like something we are going to be putting in the bucket of um, just this being a smokescreen, this being teams leaking false information to have guys rise or fall down a board. There's not a lot of, I think, validity behind this. These numbers completely come out of nowhere. There is a question of whether or not this is actually um, the the number of the, the whole test because there's like nine different tests. Like there is a lot of questions about what this number is, where it came from, what it actually signifies. There is a lot that people are questioning about this. And again, we have a quote from the founder of the test that said all four scored very well. So again, a little skeptical of this. Feels like some noise that's being released at the last minute to maybe kind of shuffle the deck chairs on the order of these quarterbacks 
uh, are going to go. So I just wanted to throw my two cents out there. Uh, again, it's very easy to look at that and say, yeah, well, this is why C.J. Stroud's not going to be the number one pick anymore, and that would be uh, completely missing what has been going on for the last six months uh, and not and maybe not listening necessarily to some people, <clears throat> Jamie Eisner, who's kind of been telling everybody how this is going to be stacking out f- from the people that he's been able to talk to. So, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to um, change a whole lot, um, Raul. I don't think he's going to be the fourth quarterback off the board. Um I, I think there are going to be people um, that look at the S2 test and, and have it in a way that will remove certain players from the board. Um, and maybe they use it as a tiebreaker between a couple of quarterbacks if they have them graded pretty closely. And if CJ didn't grade as well as the other quarterback in the comparison, then yeah, that might be a difference maker. Uh, I still think Bryce goes number one. I still think a team trades into either number two or number three to take another quarterback. And I think... From, from probability, I would say it would be Will, uh, then CJ, then Anthony Richardson in terms of the, the way the trades break down. Um, I, I think Indy will take Anthony Richardson at three. Um, and so if CJ doesn't go two, then yes, that would make him QB four. Um, but I, I think there's a good chance that CJ will be the second quarterback off the board. Um, and then we'll see. Again, it's all going to determine if somebody if somebody trades into two or three, that's where things change. That's where things get a little bit more complicated. Um for uh, for Indy, for CJ, for for everybody involved. So that's going to be the the thing to, to keep an eye on. So as of this moment, I think Bryce is is going to go number one, um, and then after that, you can you can convince me of any specific order. So I'm not willing to like say absolutely CJ will be QB four. Um, I think there are more scenarios where he is, but I, I won't necessarily rule out him being the second or third quarterback. Um, off the board. Uh, Braden says, Chris, why does TDN never talk about A.T. Perry? He may not be a star, but seems like a day-two wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, A.T. had a pretty good season last year. He's had a pretty good career. Um, you know, Braden, this is probably not a sufficient enough answer, but I just think he gets lost in the shuffle of all of those good day-two wide receivers that we're talking about, right? I mean, we talk about Josh Downs as a day-two wide receiver. We talk about the two Tennessee wide receivers as a day-two wide receiver. Uh, Rasheed Rice potentially could be in that mix as well. I mean, there are a lot of names that you can invoke in that day-two mix. Marvin Mims. Um, and so I think, like, A.T. Perry just kind of gets lost in that shuffle a little bit, um, you know, fair or unfair. I just think that's what's ultimately happening. And, yeah, I would not be surprised to see him uh, be a day-two wide receiver Um yeah, wouldn't surprise me one bit. Mighty Mouse, Peter Skoronsky needs to be the top O-line drafted. Depends on how you view him. If you view him as a tackle, I think there's a good likelihood that that, that this statement will turn out uh, to be true. If you view him as a guard because of the arm length concerns, if you believe that you need to kick him inside and that's how you are evaluating him as a player, um, then maybe not. Maybe he isn't the first offensive lineman on the board. Then I think it would be a Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, that is that first guy off the board. It's it's tough for me to see if a team evaluates him as an interior player to see him going inside the top 12. Um, I, just, just how I see the league view that from a positional value perspective. Now, if you've graded him as a tackle and your team in your building says, yeah, we can get this guy and he's going to play tackle for us, then yeah, I think he could be a top 12 player. Uh, people want me to discuss the Arizona jerseys and how Buda Baker and DeAndre Hopkins not in the uniform showcase. That's not really a surprise, Healthy, that those two guys weren't a part of them. Um, did did I did, hot take? Hot take here. I see Healthy talking about it. I didn't. I didn't mind them. Thought they were okay. Now you got to play well in them. You you really got to play well in them. But I didn't hate them. I really didn't hate them all that much. Uh, Braden says they're trash. Heldy called them booty juice. Words I didn't think I was ever going to say on the TD and Daily podcast, but here we are. The home unis are brutal, Jamie says. Guys, I didn't I didn't mind them. 
And why do Arizona teams wear the wrong version of red? You know, Brayden, that's a great question. So unoriginal and no character. Yeah, I mean, I wonder how much of it is... This is this is an interesting question here, and I would love to... I'd have to talk to somebody in the league about this to get an understanding. I wonder how much, like, chaotic they can make them truly. Right? Like, I don't know how original they can make them. I don't know how, like... Like, because you see it all the time. People on social media, on Instagram, people on Reddit will do, like, here are my... NFL redesigns for all the helmets and jerseys for all the teams. And, like, they're fire, right? They take inspiration from, like, um, the state flags, the state mantras. They, like, try to, you know, take the community. It's, like, kind of what MLB does with the with the city uniforms. Like, you you are seeing a lot of this stuff on social media. But I wonder if the NFL would even allow um, stuff like that. Tuttle says that they're clean but so uninspiring. I like I like clean jerseys, man. If you got a clean jersey, that that's a big check for you. Um, in that direction. Ro, we are not going to make a TDN Booty Juice t-shirt. That's not going to happen. Um, look at the Rams. They went unique and it worked. Would you really describe those as unique, though? I don't I don't know if they... There's a unique threshold, like a floor, that I think you need to reach for them to be considered unique. And I don't know if there's a jersey in the NFL that really breaks through the ceiling of unique. They're all just kind of like generic. Now, some of them are bad. Some of them are are not very good, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't mind some of them. I think Atlanta's are fine. I think Atlanta's when you, when at first we reacted the same way to Atlanta's that I think most of you are reacting to Arizona's, and then when we saw Atlanta's jerseys in action, we were like, okay, these aren't uh, these aren't as bad. But again, I'm not surprised that people don't like them. But I, I didn't. I didn't mind them. I didn't mind them. Um, let's see here. What else do we have in the chat from everybody? Um, Jamie says, take Jamie's predictive mock draft on Monday will be the greatest mock draft of all time. Jamie, you are doing your predictive mock draft ahead of the show that we're going to do where we do our predictive mock draft. That feels, feels like you're doing the show before the show, literally. Like I'm, I'm doing my predictive mock draft. I mean, I, I will submit mine when we have to, but I won't reveal it to the world until Thursday. So, yes, you are going to do, you're doing the show before the show. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll, guess what, folks? Monday, we're going to get all, we're going to squeeze all the juice out of this orange here. Because on Monday, we are going to react to Jamie's predictive mock draft. That's what we are doing. I can promise you right now, it is a mock draft Monday, beginning of draft week celebration. We are not talking about Sean Clifford Heldy. Please, stop. Sometimes you have to do, do, to do it before the show. You know, sometimes you got to do the show before the show. Sometimes you have to do the show uh, before the show. What else do we have here uh, from the chat here? Uh, Mr. Fogel says, when doing a predictive mock, what's the percentage breakdown of your evaluation, what you see on a national level, and what you hear from sources? This is a great question. Jamie put in uh, what he says about relying um, on info first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's I don't have any sort of relationships with, with anybody that's going to give me concrete information, but I just put my ear to the ground, and I see what other reporters are talking about, right? Um, you know, sometimes that can bite you, right? Like, um, I'm not putting him on blast, but Connor Hughes, who I think is one of the best reporters on the Jets beat, said for sure that the Jets were not taking a corner at four. Well, he got caught up in the smoke screen because then the Jets took Sauce Gardner at four. So you got to be careful when, when 100% trusting how reporters phrase things and how reporters um, present things. But yeah, I mean, it's partly gut. Like, it's partly the way the board plays out for me. It's partly like where the, the narrative currently stands a little bit. Um, and then you, you have to be willing to throw in a couple of hunches, right? You have to be willing to be like, okay, I feel like this guy needs to be in the first round. So, and I think he's going to go somewhere. Where do I want to put him that makes the most sense? So, um, that's the way that you know I feel about it. Um, and we, we go from there. On you know, I'll do it. 
I've watched enough of this TDN scouting staff. I've seen Jamie do it a couple of times. I've seen the writing staff do it a couple of times to know how I want to do it. I'm going to do one quick one where I immediately just go dumping my my thoughts from, from my brain in ter- terms of players, in terms of who I think is going to go where. And then I'm going to sit on it for probably about an hour or so. And then I'll go back and look at it and say, do I really like this stuff? Because um, I think what, what can happen is you can get too much in the weeds on this um, of trying to like sit there and, and completely analyze every single pick in the first run through. So that's how I plan to do it. Uh, Sports Nut, is Indy being really high on Levis just smoke or is he really going to go at four? Um, certainly feels like there's a lot in this direction, but it could just be smoke. But it does feel like uh, a lot in this direction um, to be to be going to, to Indy. Um, Will Levis at four being the second quarterback off the board? Yeah, it's possible. Um, yeah, it's possible. Um, I think I, I don't think Houston takes one at two. If Arizona doesn't trade the pick at three, they're not taking a quarterback. So I, I think there there's a greater than zero chance. There's a non-zero chance that that, that happens. Uh, what's the bigger number? Number of draft picks next weekend or the number of bets Jamie has on the draft? So there are how many? Uh, so next weekend, you're talking just Saturday, right, Braden? Are you including Friday in this? You're just including day three of the draft because if you are, there's actually a great bit that plays out on the Friday, on today's edition of Prospects and Props, which is going to go out here in a little bit once we're done. Um, once I'm done here, uh, this show will, that show will go out. The entire draft, well, there's going to be like 250 something. No, I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the under, but it's close. I'll take the under. Jamie probably has. If Jamie's still in the chat, he can confirm this. Jamie might have close to 100 bets already. He might. Because there's just stuff that he had. Like, he added like seven or eight just yesterday. Like, he might have close to, he might have close to 100. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty close. Um, Will Bijan sneak into the top 10? His over, under, over on FanDuel was 12 and a half with the price, um, Juiced to the over. You could actually get a pretty decent price on the under. Um, and I'm probably going to take it at 12 and a half. Um, I think there are too many teams inside the top 12 that makes sense. I still think he goes top 15 regardless. 12 and a half is a number that scares me a little bit. But I, I could find like five or six teams that make sense inside the top. See, he thinks he has like 70. Like that's so close. I mean, are you, you're out of your mind. 70 bets. I might not even have seven by the time I'm done doing everything. Um. Yeah, I think Bijan. I think Bijan sneaks into the top twelve. Um, if you're a team looking to add a safety, would you prefer to draft Brian Branch or trade for Buda Baker? A trade for Buda Baker in a heartbeat, Philip. Trade for Buda Baker, give him the contract. Don't look back. I mean, you get you're paying him now. He's 27. You, you're paying him on a, probably a four or five year deal. You're paying him till at most he's 32. I, I like Brian Branch a lot. I think he's the top safety in the class. Um, but give me give, again at the end of the day, always give me the known commodity. And Buda's not going to cost you a ton in terms of cap percentage. So give me Buda Baker in in a heartbeat. Um, will JSN not be wide receiver one off the board? I um, I believe he will be wide receiver one off the board. Predictively. I think he will be my top wide receiver off the board. Uh, Tuttle, with all of the rumblings the past few weeks, would you agree um, that the top four quarterbacks are gone by number 11? Let me pull up the order just to make sure. Um, but I think I agree with this take. I think I agree with this take. I I think you're definitely going to have one at once. So now we need to find three teams in the next 11 picks to go to make this, this take true, right? 
Indy's definitely taking a quarterback at four, so that's two. So we're halfway there. We need to get one quarterback or two quarterbacks from the following teams. Seattle, Detroit, Vegas, Atlanta, and Philly and Tennessee, unless a team trades into Chicago spot. I think it's likely. I think Vegas taking a quarterback at seven is likely, um, depending on who's there. I, I wouldn't rule out Seattle or Detroit doing it because they have two first-round picks. Remember, Tennessee could always move up from 11. Um, you know, you always have to – we've talked about Minnesota potentially moving up here on this show, so there's a chance that they move up. If Tampa moves up as well, um, like – if, if we get all the way to 11, right, Tuttle, and let's say there is a quarterback on the board, I think that's when you start to get like teams like maybe Detroit, who maybe doesn't take a quarterback at six, trades up for 18, same thing with Seattle at 20, maybe 19 for Tampa Bay, maybe 23 for Minnesota. So again, I think there's a, a place where teams then start to entertain the idea and the possibility of trading up because the price is more palatable. Remember, it's what the Bears did when they, when they got Justin Fields, right? They traded up to, what was it, pick 10 to be able to make that happen? Um... So I think at that ha- at, at that rate, when we get to that point, um, it's more likely. So I'll agree with this take. Um, who's more likely to move up to three, Vegas or Tennessee? I'll t- say Tennessee right now. Um, I think Vegas is more interested in the idea of their quarterback potentially falling into their lap than giving up the draft capital. Because remember, they're paying Jimmy G for at least two seasons. Um from a money perspective. So you got to think he would be their quarterback for at least two years. So if I had to pick one team, I would say Tennessee's more likely uh, to move up because they don't have a long-term answer at quarterback. They're trying to move on from Ryan Tannehill. Malik Willis didn't have a great rookie season. So they have a more sense of urgency, I think, to, to get an immediate solution uh, in the building. I just don't see many moving up, says Mr. Slowfuego. I mean, yes, I think it's, I think it's, it's not a strong possibility because it's just so far to move up. But that's if we're talking to three, then yeah. I would agree with this. But if you're talking like 11 or 10, I think it's more palatable. Uh, is there a chance JSN is not wide receiver one off the board? I mean, sports, there's a chance of anything. There's a chance Carolina doesn't turn in the card that says Bryce Young on it. I don't think it's likely. But everything, I mean, this this is an inexact science, right? We, we talk about this all the time. And most of everybody in here knows this, right? I, I think everybody in here knows this. This is an inexact science. It is an educated guess. This is this is the 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 scientific method um, of hypothesis. Do your scientific studies. Come up with your your you know your resolution at the end, right? Your what 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 were the results? That's what this is. It's an educated guess. It's fun. It's the best you know the best educated guess you can ever make, right? I think this is this is. It's why I love doing this every day. Um, so yes, I think there's a chance there could be a team that likes Quentin Johnson more. There could be a team that's scared away from the idea that JSN didn't play last year, uh, and they want to bet on uh, the production of Jordan Addison. Zay Flowers is a name that's probably in contention to be the first wide receiver off the board just because of the noise that's around him. I mean, yeah, I mean, I just gave you four names that I think could, if they if they were the first wide receiver off the board, I'd be like, okay, yeah, wouldn't surprise me a ton. Those would be the four names. Um, Braden says. And keep them coming, guys. This has been a lot of fun. I feel like somehow Deontay Banks is getting slept on at this point. Both he and Brent should be gone by the mid-20s, at worst, in my opinion. Listen, you don't have to convince me to talk about Julius Brent's Deontay Banks. I think a late riser in this process uh, in a lot of ways. And, Brayden, I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with this take. But you've only got 31 spots. Um, and there's a lot of corners. And there's a lot of corners that have differing uh, differing evaluations based on who you talk to. And so there are going to be some teams that don't have Deontay Banks uh, as the top corner. And the guy that they do have as their top corner might be corner four for somebody else. And so they might be there in the mid-20s. So it's all a puzzle. It is all just a big, you know, what 10,000-piece puzzle that we're all trying to put together. Um, if Vegas goes offensive tackle, which one will they covet? My guess would be Paris Johnson Jr. 
Um, I think he's the only one that makes sense as a top 10 player. Um, that would be the direction I think that they would go in. Um, Skaronsky, again, depends on if you see him as a guard or a tackle. Um, yeah, I think I think it would be Paris Johnson Jr. I think there's just been a lot of noise of him being the, the top tackle off the board, and and he will go somewhere. And he will go somewhere pretty early inside um, the top 10. I, I, I was sitting here thinking here in the moment of like, what player could go like super earlier than we anticipate that would completely throw all of this off? And it might be one of the tackles. Like, if one of the tackles just goes early, like if Arizona, like if Houston takes Will Anderson at three, at two, and Arizona goes, yeah, let's just get an offensive lineman and takes, you know, um, Parrish Johnson at three. Oh, no. Are we, are we doing? Oh, no. The chat's reacting to something. Folks, this is what happens. When you do a live show, we will have live reactions to the news. I want to see the tweet. Oh, Jameson Williams. So this, according to Ian Rappaport, the NFL suspends five players, including Lions wide receiver Jamison Williams, um, for violation of NFL gambling policy. Lions C.J. Moore and Quintez Cephas plus Commander Shaka Tony are suspended indefinitely at least a year. Um, Williams and Stanley Berryhill are suspended for six games. So it's six games for Jamison Williams. Stanley Berryhill also suspended for six games. C.J. Moore... Quintez Cephas and Shaka Tony are suspended indefinitely for at least a year. Man, that's that's a rough look in a lot of ways. I mean, there's obviously need to we need to see more details, but these are major gambling violations. Three three players suspended for at least a year, two players suspended for six games. I guess the question that might immediately comes to mind in the reaction here, because the only other example that we have of this is Calvin really getting suspended a year uh, when he was with the Falcons. What is the differentiating factor between getting a six-game suspension and getting a year suspension, right? What is the protocol that allows that differentiating point? Because um, I'm not sure I can immediately think of what would be that decider between a six-game or a year suspension. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a very, very bad piece of news and a bad look for hashtag our lions that are we're betting very very you know no pun intended but the lions were betting heavily on the idea of Jamison Williams being a part of their their core for next season with Amon Ross St. Brown with that offense kind of humming um, and missing it for six games is a problem so the lions to take a wide receiver somewhere now <sighs> I mean I don't want to. I don't want to immediately react to the idea that a six-game suspension means a team's going to take a wide receiver, right? I don't want to do that. Um, but they are going to need help at the position, and so I wouldn't be surprised. They've got two first-round picks. I don't think they use either of the two first. They have a ton of picks in the second round. Let me look at their 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 draft pool. I mean, they've got two seconds and a third. They've got 48, 55, and 81. So yeah, I mean, I I think I think taking a wide receiver with with one of those picks, and they probably were already going to take one, but I think it's probably a, an expedited um, process in that regard. Um, the NFL adds in a statement that uh, quote a league review uncovered no evidence indicating any inside information was used or that any game was compromised in any way. 
all violations occurred during during the 2020 season. What happened here? Like, I, there's just so much information that I would like to have about this um, situation. And this is this is the this is the thing for the NFL, right? They take all this money from from these gambling companies, and no, twenty sorry, twenty twenty two. Sorry, did I say twenty twenty? It's from twenty twenty two. Sorry, if I I just can't read, but yeah, it's from twenty twenty two. Sincerest apologies. Yeah, it's from 2022. I, I I do that more. I do that so often where I don't actually add the extra two and I just say 2020 and then just stop because I think I've said the two in my head. I, I do that pretty regularly. Um, yeah, I mean, I really, I would really like to see what is the differentiator between the six and and year suspension. Um, you know, Jamie said in the chat that it might be the sport they bet on, but. I don't know. Uh, so Jameson getting traded to the Jacks now, right pairing with Calvin Ridley. No, I don't. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, the Lions have released Quintez Cephas and safety CJ Moore after the NFL suspended them, according to Adam Schefter. So those two guys who have been um, gone, you know, being suspended for a year, uh, in, or at least indefinite suspensions. Um, so the year suspensions. This is from Tom Pelissario, and this is what happens when we do the show live. Tom Pelissario is saying that. Um, those indefinite suspensions were triggered by betting on NFL games during the 2022-2022 season. So that's what brings it to a year, which again, we we knew because that's exactly what happened with Calvin Ridley. Um, so we'll see what exactly it was, um, see exactly what it was for um, Jamison Williams. Um, but yeah, so those guys um, uh, released, suspended for a year, uh, and then Jameson Williams and Stanley Berryhill suspended for the team's first six games of the 2023 season. So an interesting uh, kind of footnote for us here to uh, to end the uh, the podcast version uh, of the show. And again, this the, this is the kind of stuff that y- you can't really anticipate when you're you're doing these 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 mock drafts um, and you're doing these types of conversations about where a guy's going to go. You never know when any type of news is going to change things. Like this news changes things. They just they just released a, a, a depth wide receiver and a safety off their team, the Lions, because they're going to be without them for a year. You don't think that changes how they might address the draft in, a, in less than a week? Um, not having Jamison Williams and Stanley Berryhill for the first six games of the season, you don't think that's going to impact a little bit the way they evaluate this draft? I mean, these are these are pieces of information that obviously are going to impact the way uh, that you that you look at the NFL draft. So obviously, it's, it, this is raw. You're getting a raw reaction here on the show to the news. And so I'm glad that I'm able to take the weekend and think about it to see how it might impact my outlook on the Lions. Um, but yeah, this is a huge this is a huge blow um, to to the Lions for the beginning of the season. And it's a it's another bad look for the NFL, right? They've now in a, what couple years now have had to spend a lot suspend a lot of players uh, for gambling on actual NFL games so not a good look uh, for the NFL when the integrity of the game is is very important to them um, especially when they're taking that gambling money so pretty big deal here uh, that's gonna do it for us here on the podcast edition of the show greatly appreciate rate review subscribe to the podcast tell a friend to tell a friend about the show we've got a very very fun week in store for you next week content all over the place not just here on this show not just on the on the tdn youtube channel um, but the premium discord is going to have a ton of stuff in there Uh, prospects and props is going to have a ton of stuff in there so if you want to have all of your um you know everything covered for you uh, for the NFL draft all your bases covered uh, the draftnetwork.com is where you're going to want to be the TD and premium discord is where you're going to want to be uh, this podcast fee is where you're going to want to be 
uh, and the TDN YouTube channels where you're going to want to be. So I appreciate everybody making this show a part of your day. Everybody have a great weekend. I will talk to you on Monday where we kick off draft week.